0: and uh, as a trumpet player it paid for my college praise god thank god for brass instruments is this in the right spot yeah. anyway i just just whenever i hear that what's going on with the with the with the little video thing all i could think is bum, that's just, while that's playing, that's what's going on in my head. It's terrible, isn't it? Absolutely terrible. And Ginger thinks I'm making fun of her video now. We're going to change the video. Greg makes fun of it all the time. (laughs) Huh? What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah, right. Everybody doing good this morning? You know, we could have just sat there in the presence of God for like the rest 15 years if you wanted to and been fine with it. Amen, amen, but if i don't get my message out then i'll have you know you have to come back next week and hear it you know, and who wants to do that right oh, oh. anyhow we've been talking about who we are in Christ, right, our identity, and uh you know you need to understand with the word identity whenever we talk about the word identity. We're talking about a simple fact that, that, that identity means that you identify with something or that you see yourself as the same as that thing. Your ID, your identification, your driver's license to pull out and you show people. You say, this is me. That's what you use to identify yourself, which means you're saying that that driver's license is you and you are it. You're making a correlation between the two. You're putting the two together. Same thing with a passport. Whenever we use our passports to go outside the country or go into another country, you're telling people, you're like, this is who I am. Oh, I'm here. Hi, how are you doing? My name's Greg. I would like to enter your country. This is who I am. And so you see, whenever we start talking about your identity in Christ and identifying yourself in Christ, the simple the simple structure of it, the simple de- definition of it is just the same as. That you need to realize that you are the same as him. That you now as a Christian, as a person that said, yes, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Yes, I want to be a child of God. You have now identified or made yourself or he has made yourself the same as he is. The Bible tells us in First John chapter 5 that as he is, so are we. It says that in the Bible. You believe that? Your Bible says that as he is right now in heaven, seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that's ever been named as he is right now, so are we in this world. See, Jesus said it's to your advantage that I go. Why? Because now when I go, I can be in each and every one of you, and you will become the same as I am. So the works that you see me do, you will do also. Why? Because we're the same. We're the same. The Bible says that we're joint heirs with him. Joint means the same. Anybody got a checking account? Anybody? Y'all got checking accounts or no? Y'all don't do that? Yes. You can have a checking account, a joint checking account with another person. Which means that you and that person can access the benefits of that account equally. Which means that if there's $10,000 in there, both of you have access to the $10,000. And it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. What Jesus has done, Jesus has made us joint heirs with him. You can access exactly what he can access right now. Right. Everything that Jesus could touch, you could touch. Everything that Jesus could say, you could say. Everything that he can do, you can do. Amen. That's the reason why it tells us to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Why? Why are we told to do that? Because when we lay hands on them, he, he's He's touching them. If we as Christians can understand and get a, get a sense of our, just the tip of the iceberg of who we really truly are in Christ, the church would not be stoppable. The church would be a force, a true force to be reckoned with in this world. If the this, if this Christian just simply understand that they we're a bunch of little Jesuses walking around, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The first K is capital, the second one is lowercase. The first L is capital, the second one's lowercase. You want to know why? Because he's the king of you, the other kings, and he's the Lord of you, the other lords. So all of this that we're going over in this series is simply to expand your thinking. To what the word actually tells us about who we are. See now, you know, I was talking about having a driver's license and having a passport whenever you go places. In the the spirit realm, it's this. Who are you? I'm this. What can you do? I can do that. What do you have? I have this. Joel Osteen's dad started saying, I think Joel says it too, you know, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I do and I have what it says I can have. Why? Because you start to realize as a Christian that everything Jesus is, you are. Everything. So when we talk about identity, we're talking about the same. Not not some distant thought of, yeah, I'd like to be that one day. No, the same right now. Not going to be, not fitting to be, not in the sweet by and by, pie in the sky. We're talking about right now, today. You're a bunch of little Jesuses walking around. And everywhere you go, this is what's so sticky cool. Everywhere that you go, heaven goes. It goes with you. The Garden of Eden, you can't find it on the earth anymore. It's here. It's right here. We tote it everywhere we go. Heaven on earth is in you. So it's kind of like Dorothy. Right? What we're looking for is right here. You don't have to go far to get it. You don't have to go somewhere over the rainbow. You don't have to go find the scarecrow. You don't have to go look for the, the lion and you have to look for the tin man and all that and deal with the wicked witch of the West and all that stuff. So you don't have to do any of that. Everything you're looking for is in you today, right now, that you need to do everything you need to do in this life. Amen. Everything. Amen. All of heaven. All of God. of Jesus resides and lives on the inside of every Christian living and breathing in this earth right now. There's over a billion of us. If 1% of that billion figure that out, unstoppable. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about being in Christ and finding our identity in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if we go there just real quick, 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Amplified Bible, The, the I have to be careful, the classic edition of the Amplified Bible says that if any man be engrafted, into Christ he's a new creation and we've talked about this that Jesus said I'm the vine you're the branches that whenever we went through the process of our salvation we find ourselves being engrafted into him which means that there's a wound that's on the tree limb that's on the vine that matches the wound that's on the branch and the branch is inserted into that now everything that's flowing in the branch or excuse me in the vine everything that's in the vine is flowing now into the branch so the branch can produce proper fruit y'all with me So now everything that flows in Jesus flows into you because we've been engrafted into him. And we talked about how that works and how that looks. But a part of the process of the grafting process, you'll find in the grafting process that there is a final step that must take place before the graft is complete. There's a final step that must take place before the grafting is complete. You cut the wound on the the vine. To match the wound of the of the branch, you put the two together, and there's one more step. They have to be sealed. You have to seal what's happened, seal to things together. Let's go to uh, where do I want to go, Michael? You probably know where I'm going to be at before I get there. You know, that's what you get for sharing your uh, your notes. Let's go to Ephesians chapter one, thirteen. See, look, he knows that. Look at that. Oh, that's not that's Miss Lee Thank you, girl. In him, he's talking about Jesus, you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, which is what? The gospel of your salvation. So what he's talking about is your process, you being saved. In him, you trusted. You trusted in him after you heard what he did. You trusted that, yes, Jesus is my Lord, and I want to accept that. In whom also, having believed, you were what? Sealed. With the Holy Spirit of promise. Next verse. Who is the guarantee of what? Our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit is the seal that holds the graft together. Now, now whenever you go to engraft a plant, sometimes they'll put a piece of plastic around the seal so that the greenhouse effect will be concentrated right there in that little spot so that it could grow quicker and faster and better. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. The Holy Spirit is the seal upon your salvation. When you enter into salvation, the Holy Spirit enters into the inside of you. It becomes that seal, that glue, that piece that straps everything together and holds everything together now so that it's not relying upon you. He's not relying upon you at all to hold the thing together. He's got it. You know, a lot of people, we talked about it with the Kool-Aid. Y'all remember the Kool-Aid? Yeah? Remember my Kool-Aid up here? Well, we mix any man be in Christ, he's one spirit with him, joined, you know, you joined with him right there. I didn't get into it much, but once you put the Kool-Aid in there, how do you get the Kool-Aid out? You can't. Why? Because it's sealed. Once the Holy Spirit has taken up residence on the inside of a believer, you're sealed with him. And he's the one that does the sealing, not you. So now it takes out all this conduct stuff that we try to, oh, I didn't do good today. He sealed it. I messed up. He sealed it. I cussed out somebody. He sealed it. I smoked too much dope. He sealed it. (laughs) I stole something. He sealed it. You see where I'm coming from? The seal is not based on you. The seal is based on him and his power, his glory, his sacrifice, his way, his anointing. Amen? Isn't that good? Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're a little bit more about, about sealing. I love the book of Ephesians. It's kind of like a little, little thingy thing. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were what? Sealed. So the Holy Spirit is simply a sealer. He seals things. He tightens them up. Anybody ever use a Ziploc bag? Huh? This is like the perfect Ziploc bag. You know, the Holy Ghost ain't like the Ziploc bags that we buy right now. You know, even the ones with the little red thing that slides over, they don't do real good either. You know, I mean, it's like better than vacuum packed. You know, I mean, He has us sealed 100%. So that's why, or not why, but that's part of the process when we are saved, you have to have the Holy Spirit to enter into heaven. He has to enter you. He has to enter you. He has to be in you. He has to seal that graft and hold that thing together. How many of y'all know what I do for a living? Make my money. How do I make my money? Banker. Banker, 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 banker. Charge you. Yeah, take other people's money and give it to other people and charge everybody in the big middle. That's how I make my money you dang right. I'm a middleman at the best definition of it. I stand in the middle and say, yeah, everything's great. <laughs> but whenever I get home from a hard day's work, I have another responsibility. Do y'all happen to know what it is? My family. Hello, family. Yeah, they're in here spread out. My family. So whenever I get home, I'm not so much banker whenever I get home, I'm dad and husband yeah and then on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and sometimes most of the time during the rest of the week I get to do another job pastor yeah yeah and it's it's kind of funny I have all these little responsibilities that I do it's not just one thing that I do I do multiple things right well it's because I take after the Holy Ghost I'm just like him See, a lot, of, a lot of ideas, a lot of Christians have the idea that the Holy Spirit has one responsibility in the process of being saved and that's just making sure that He seals you. But that's not the end of it. I said that's not the end of it. There is another process completely out there to where He reveals Himself and begins to reveal who you are in Christ. Let's go to John. Can we go to John 16? I think it's what it is. Are you all tracking with me here? You like how I changed gears? Did you feel that? Boom! I went from like first gear to like sixth gear. Or maybe backwards. I was in sixth gear cruising pretty good and now threw everybody in second gear. what? Yeah, I threw that transmission. I don't care. They can fix them things. They got people know how to fix them. Just throw that gear anywhere you want to. Pop that clutch. Let's go, baby. I ain't scared. They'll fix that stuff. I don't know how to fix it, but somebody does. I could tear it up. I promise you that. I'll rattle it out. John 16, this is verse 12. This is Jesus talking. Now, this is Jesus talking before he left this earth. These are some of the final words that he said before he left the earth. And let's see what Jesus says to us. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Whoa! What do you mean, Jesus? I can't bear them now? You can tell me anything you want to tell me. And Jesus is like, no, you don't understand You've got to be born again to understand the next level of what I want to show you. In fact, I think I said it a couple weeks ago that the, the Gospels are more like a picture of who Jesus is, whereas the the epistles, the rest of the New Testament, is kind of like an x-ray of who he is and who you are in him. And so he's talking about, I've still got a whole lot of stuff I need to tell y'all, but y'all can't hear it right now. You can't hear me. You ever had to tell somebody something like, no, they can't hear it right now. Yeah, I can't tell them that. No, it ain't time. It ain't time. But now, since Jesus was 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 died, resurrected, and seated at the right hand of God, the Holy Ghost has entered into the city into the world and into the into life, and he lives and resides on the inside of you. Now he could tell you these things. Verse thirteen. However, when he, talking about who? The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of truth. When he has come, he will guide you into what? All truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Is there another verse out there? Is that it? Yeah, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit has a a dual working, and not even just a dual work. We're just going to talk about two things right here. His first step, whenever you're born again, as part of your identity in Christ, he comes in and he seals your I.D., how many of y'all got your driver's license on you right now? Anybody got your driver's license on you right now? It, it's got a little plastic thing around there. Why is that? So it won't get towed up. Right? It's sealed. So that's process number one. Let's seal you up and say, yep, that's what you are and that's who you are. Boom, I'm in there. I got you. You sealed up. It ain't based on you no more. Now it's all based on us. You know, and God's sitting back going, man, this is great. And Jesus going, man, this is awesome. Holy Ghost saying, I'm holding them as tight as I can. And you're just flip-flopping through life. It's a fantastic relationship. So that's process number one. Process number two, though, Jesus said, look, I got a bunch of stuff I got to tell you about yourself. But you can't hear it right now. You need to receive the Holy Spirit. And once the Holy Spirit has stepped over on the inside of you, He could start to reveal to you every little thing that I can't tell you right now. Isn't that what it said? Because he will take of what's mine and declare it to you. So now the Holy Spirit's responsibility is simply to show you everything that you have in Jesus right now. Everything. 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 So the Holy Ghost is not just here just to seal us. He's here to reveal to us who we are. How many of y'all have ever been confused by the Bible? Oh, I got a few hands. There we go. Got some people jumping in. There you go. Yeah, all of us. Ain't nobody ain't ever been no confused in that thing. If you just sit back and go, Hey, ain't nothing in there ever confused me before you lying. You trying to look smart, and every sheep I know is dumb. So sorry. Ain't none of us made it. I remember when I got saved, it was nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, 1987, y'all come on. 1987, baptized at First Baptist Church by Doctor Prince, not Pastor Prince, not Brother Prince. Doctor Prince dunked me in the water, dagummit. <laughs> Shortly after that, I was doing everything in the world to run as far as I could from God, and did everything I possibly get my hands on. Somebody closed my kid's ears, doing stuff that I'm not supposed to do, running around. So I decided that I was going to come back, you know. Yeah, come back, go up to the front and cry. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Whole backslid Christian thing going up there. I did that. Yep, I'm i going to walk the aisle. You know? <laughs> and it's always slow. Just as I am without one plea. Y'all, y'all been there, right? You know what I'm talking about. You know the process. Huh? Yeah, got back on track, got back on the way. That's it. And so I did that process uh, at a little church called Living Word Worship Center, which is a fantastic church, fantastic people, did that deal. And so I started living my life for for Jesus. I'm going to live my life for Jesus. I'm going to get cleaned up and get right and get good, get straight. Dadgummit. Where's, where's Clayton? I'm saying the it's for him. I mean, he left. Anyway, I do all of this, and I start reading my Bible like a good Christian's supposed to do. Man, it didn't make no sense at all. It didn't make any sense at all. I mean, some of it did, but some of it didn't. It looked like it was contradicting itself. You know, you'd read one section, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, it said this over here. Anybody ever been there, or was it just me? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So at this point... In my testimony, I've got the seal of the Holy Spirit because I was engrafted in Christ in 1987. Lived my life, did all my stuff, come back, cried, just as I am. We did all that. We did all of that. But at that point, the Holy Spirit was still the seal on the thing. But I'm looking at the Bible, it's just confusing as I'll get out. Don't make no sense. Don't make no sense. So I start listening to this guy, he's a Pastor, Pastor David. Start listening to Pastor David. Like he just challenged every thought process I ever had about Jesus, about God and who he was and what he did. Right? And so I'm starting to listen to him. I used to take notes just to prove him wrong. Because there ain't no way what he was saying was right. You know? You know, some of y'all take notes because you want to remember stuff. No, nah, I was taking notes because that Joker didn't know what he was talking about. Write this stuff down. He don't know what he's talking about. Prove him wrong. Because I'm smart. Yeah, we've all done it, huh? We've all done it. We've all been there. And I start doing this thing, and I start seeing over and over and over again in the book of Acts this process of being filled with the Spirit. Evidence of speaking in tongues. What? So I'm looking at this stuff. I don't know. i got to dig into it. I don't understand it. I need to help. I need help understanding it. So as I begin to dig into that thing, The Holy Spirit starts to reveal to me what it means and what it is. Scripture after Scripture after Scripture starts popping up in the Bible to show me direction. And I'm taking these steps through the Word of God in these little steps. And sure enough, one day, the whole tongues deal, I did it. Stepped right through it. At that point, the Holy Spirit was no longer just sealing me. He was revealing to me the truth that Jesus said that I would leave for you and I will reveal what's mine to you. Now the Bible makes all the sense in the world. It don't contradict itself. Bring me the scriptures. I'll show you where it makes sense. Want to know why? Because now I have a helper. Let's go to John 14. 14. Get out of 16. Jump over to 14. i got to get my Bible open for this one. Yeah, I'm going to open my Bible. John 14, 16. Y'all tracking with me? Everybody good? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, man, I know we're going to talk about tongues today. It's all right. I'm not going to make you do it. Fourteen sixteen. There we go. This is Jesus talking yet again. Okay? Some of the final words that he said while he was on this earth. And it's, mine's in red. Y'all got y'all's Bibles? We ain't got no Bibles, do we? We got, we got iPads and phones and such right now, do we? Mine's red in here. See that? See all that red and the markings and stuff? There you go. Red. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter or helper, depending on what version you're reading, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus said, I'm going to go, and I'm going to send another helper. The word helper, and I don't have time to get into all the details of it, it's a word called parakletos, which means not only a helper, but a strengthener, a standby. He is, he is, the, the, do y'all have the, the old school amplified on that verse right there where he says helper in verse 16? I need the old school amplified, I'm going to show everybody something. And and by the way, they were not prepared for this, so this is all on me, okay? I do it all the time, Donna Fisher. Yeah. Look at this. Check this out. Y'all look at this. Seriously. Seriously, this goes back to what I was saying about, you know, I'm a dad and I'm a father and, and, you know, I pastor a church and I'm a banker, you know, and all that kind of stuff. This is the Holy Spirit. This is what he does. OK, let's check him out. And I will ask the father and he will give you another comforter. So he's there comfort. He's a counselor. He's a helper, an intercessor, advocate, strengthener and standby that he may remain with you forever. See, the Holy Spirit has sent has been sent to take us through the process of being a Christian. That's part of his job. He's the handholder. You ever had an ever needed handholder? Go to the doctor just feeling weird about my, what might happen. I need somebody to go with me, help my hand. Wingman. How many dudes in here got a wingman? Just one, just Stephen. Okay, there we go. There we go. There we go. I mean, you gotta have your wingman. I mean you gotta have your Chewbacca with you. I'm sorry. You just need to, you gotta have your Chewbacca with you. I mean you don't want to roll up in somewhere just you. You want your wingman with you, especially if you're going hunting. You know what I mean? (laughs) Chris got it. you got to have your wingman. See, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, is the perfect wingman. He's with you all the time. He's your ride or die. He's your hand holder. He's with you every step of the way. And when you don't understand something, He can reveal it to you. He can show it to you. He can bring to your remembrance things that you forgot. He can bring to your remembrance things that you forgot. There's sometimes I'll be in a mess and in a bind, and all of a sudden there's a scripture I ain't looked at in 20 years come up. Now, how's that work? I ain't looked at that scripture. I ain't read Isaiah in at least four years. And Isaiah 55 just jumps in there out of nowhere. Where's that come from? How do you explain that? It's Jesus, the Holy Spirit, bring to our remembrance everything that Jesus said that he would teach us. in up, here's the steps that you have to go through. And what are those steps that we have to go through? What did I say? What did I call this earlier? What is this in our spirit realm? What is this? This is our ID. It reminds you of who you are. He tells you exactly who you are in that situation right then and there. He will reveal it to you. And open your mind to the process. Now your soul is going through a process of being saved. Your soul is actually figuring stuff out. Which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's figuring stuff out. Lining up with your spirit. Y'all remember Miss Angel had the people up here. And they had a little signs and all that stuff that was going on. You remember that? That process is taking place. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is operating in your life. And the more time you spend with him. The more easy it is to understand what he's trying to say. Whenever he's trying to say something. We got some married folk up in here. I mean, you can hear, you can be in the middle of a room with people talking. You hear your spouse's voice over everybody else's. Why? Familiarity. Because why? She's the loudest, okay? And I'll make note, everyone, his wife ain't sitting next to him. She ain't in here. He said, yeah, you're getting all big while she ain't around. You're quiet when she's around, ain't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I went through a process. I actually went through two processes. One of them is called getting saved, born again, going to go to heaven and get my ID changed to this. But I went a, through a totally separate process called the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. What's the tongues got to do with it, Greg? It gets my mind out of the way my brain shuts off and i let the spirit realm take care of the spirit realm i let the spirit take care of the spirit i'll let the spirit do what the spirit's going to do and i get out the way for real and what's that process do it helps me make sense of this he reveals what this means and how this means and how this works through that process because what will happen is that sometimes you'll find yourself in a situation that you don't know what to do anybody ever been there before And the Bible even says that we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. Romans chapter 8. Which means that's a fancy way of saying we don't know what we're supposed to do. Was that a little? We don't know what we're supposed to do. Don't know what the next step is. don't Don't know what's supposed to take place. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Romans chapter 8, I think it's 26 or 27, 28, somewhere up in there. Go check it out yourself. You don't know what you're supposed to pray for. You don't know how to pray. You don't know what it is you're supposed to say. You know that the answer is in here, but you're not sure which scripture it is. You're not sure exactly where you're supposed to go. Not sure what you're supposed to do. Shut your brain off. And then I begin to pray in the Spirit. And in the process of praying in the Spirit, I'm praying out the perfect will of God. I'm praying out the perfect will for my identity. I'm praying out exactly what God would have to say on the subject instead of me getting all fumbled around and not knowing what to do. So your identity in Christ cannot be completely revealed without the aid of the Holy Spirit. If He's not helping you, figure out who you are, you're just getting a little speck of what's going on. But as soon as you let Him not only enter in but take over to where now it's really Jesus using your body and you're just kind of walking around. When you really step over into that realm and let the Holy Spirit have not only your heart but your mouth and your mind You let him have all that. You find yourself walking all this stuff out. and People start asking you questions. What happened? They'll want to know what happened to you. You used to not be like this. You're different now. Yes, indeed. What happened? Jesus. And then the process starts all over again with them. And they go through the same process that you did. And they get to that point where the Holy Spirit begins to operate their mouth and their heart and their mind and everything changes and people ask them what happened they go Jesus and the kingdom takes another step and then the kingdom takes another step and the kingdom takes another step all of us want what heaven has for us everybody everybody wants what God has in store for you everybody wants what Jesus has brought to you everybody wants that The doorway and the step into understanding fully and completely who you are and what you are and what you can do and what you have in Christ, that doorway has found itself through stepping into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to be saved. It's something completely different to become become a Christian that actually affects the life that you live. You're effective now. You remember I talked last week about the sharing of your faith becomes affected by the acknowledgement of everything, every good thing that's in you that's in Christ. You can't even acknowledge every good thing that's in you and in Christ unless you have the aid of the Holy Spirit to get you there. There's a doorway that has to be stepped through. The just as I am moment is a great moment, but that's not the end. That's the first step. That's the first step. Coming to church is It's fun. I like church, I'm here, you know. But this is not the final destination, y'all. This is where we come to get equipped to do tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow's going to be Labor Day. We all go see all kind of folk doing all kind of stuff. Going to have all kind of opportunity, right? There's a process that we must go through. The Holy Spirit is not just here to make sure that you're sealed up with Jesus and that you're going to heaven. The Holy he- Holy Spirit is here to reveal to you what heaven has already put in you so that you can affect this world. Amen. Amen. All right, let's all stand. Y'all looking swole and tired. Mm-hmm. Yo, yo, yo. Michael Stanley, I want you to uh, dim the, the, the great, you know, whatever it is up here. Joseph Lee, get on the keyboard right there. Yeah, Stephen, get up there with me. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Stephen. Appreciate you. All right. This is how this works. If you need to go home, bye. Buy. I understand. My time is super important to me, and I'm five minutes over already as it is. Go. I understand. If there's something you need to do, go do it. There is no condemnation at all. Bye-bye. We understand completely. Holiday weekend, family, all that kind of stuff. All right? So don't feel bad about walking out. But if you're still here and you... This process I'm talking about, about being filled with the Spirit... And being born again. I mean, if you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life, everything I'm talking about kind of sounds weird. Kind of sounds strange. So there was this guy named Jesus that really, 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 really lived several thousand years ago. And he, uh, a couple thousand years ago. And he, he he lived the life here. And the life that he lived here, he lived for you. And so who he was, was he was the 100% and, and only son of God. Who came down from heaven to live a life for you? He lived this life for you, and in that process, He died for you. And three days after that, He rose again. And whenever He rose again, He rose again for you. And He's now seated at the right hand of God for you. He did all that so that you don't have to suffer hell, you don't have to suffer depression, you don't have to suffer in life, you don't have to suffer in your body. He did all these things so that you could actually have heaven on earth. So if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you could come up here now. We'll pray a prayer. And right now, in this moment, you will be born again. They will build a mansion for you up in heaven. There's a bunch of angels up there ready to get to work. And they will build a mansion. The foundation's already laid. They're just waiting for somebody to claim the house. So if you've never done that process, you can come up. The other process that we're talking about is the process of actually being filled with the Spirit. This is a process beyond. This is beyond the ceiling. This is whenever we get into the revealing area, the what I talked about this morning, where there is evidence of this thing happening. It's called speaking in tongues. And it's not a scary thing. It is a cool thing because now you speak and you say stuff that you don't completely understand, but God gets it and he prays for you and he works for you on your behalf right then and there. All of a sudden, you start to understand what the Bible says. All of a sudden, you start to walk out this crazy life. All of a sudden, good things are happening to you and you don't know why. It's because we are allowing God to pray for us and move in our operation. So, if either one of those are you, you could come on up. We would love for ha- love to pray with you for either one. Stephen's gonna sing st- something while Joseph plays the piano. So we're gonna have that whole "Just as I Am" moment happening. Okay, but don't do that song. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> just. <laughs> I don't want to go through 15 stanzas of Just As I Am. We'll be here till 3 o'clock. Just as I am. Yeah, there, there's Clayton. Yeah, yeah, Clayton remembered when that song was written. It was written in 1700-something. He was there. And an old man then. Anyway, I'm playing. Let's all bow our heads. If you feel like you need to come up here, come on. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Father, that not only have you sealed us with the Holy Spirit, but you also use the Holy Spirit to reveal to us everything that you have put in us in Christ. Every good thing that we are and have and can do is found in and by and through him. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you continue to reveal to us the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. You continue to reveal to us your good word so that we can walk in it and affect the world around us. We thank you, Lord, that we will not take this word lightly, but we will operate and walk in it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You could